right, welcome back, friends. I cannot wait to jump into this week's conversation with podcaster James Early. We get into unity, kingdom, and a whole lot more. Before we get started, a quick reminder, we're just getting started. So spread the word, tell a friend, and leave us a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. We want to hear from you. So, all right, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys, so this week um, I'm excited because these are the kinds of conversations that uh, this project was started around having. So I'm excited to introduce fellow podcaster, host of The Bible Speaks to You, James Early. James, welcome. Hey, thanks, Joseph. It's good to be here. So um, I heard you on another show, and I'm like, okay, this guy gets the mission behind a show like this to help unify and strengthen the church. So I'm real glad to have you on. I think you could definitely speak to this kind of topic. Well, thanks. That's something that's really important to me. And uh, we've got we've to see the bigger picture of what Christianity really is and what, what Jesus was really getting at. The whole purpose of my podcast, just for your listeners to get a, a flavor of a taste of me, is that I'm trying to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus. I mean, I love a good theological discussion, but, you know, let's get back to what Jesus actually said to do. He said to love your neighbor as yourself, to love God with all your heart, and he said a bunch of other things. But, you know, if we just put into practice what he did, we have so much that we can unify on, even if we don't agree every little detail of theology. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, I listened to your show and I heard you say that getting back to the Christianity. And I'm like, oh man, that is, that's spot on because you talk about something like Christianity. What is it built around? Christ, God. What, Hopefully. And what we are to, uh, <laughs> right. And what we're told, the, the guidelines that we are given for kingdom life. And I think sometimes it's easy for those kinds of things to get overcomplicated. And so it's it's really um, refreshing to hear another show that is looking to strip away some of the the, the man-made add-ons and just get back to basics. That is like, those are words out of my playbook. Yeah. The, the, the 2,000 years of man-made add-ons, that's really, <laughs> you know. And, and it's good to know what those are, but sometimes they've changed over history and we right. are saying things that really are, only in the history of Christianity for like two or three hundred years and think that that's what it's all about. And it was right. never really part of the original message. So it's hard to make those separations, uh, separating those those ideas sometimes. But anyway, that's why I'm trying, just trying to get back to, okay, what did Jesus tell me to do? I'm going to be safe with that. <laughs> Stick with that. Right, right. It, I've come to this point where um, when I first got saved, I got um, I took a, a slight detour towards like the prosperity gospel and new age. And I just got hooked in. I'm a serial entrepreneur. And so I was the perfect crowd, new Christian, barely understanding anything. And like, oh, I can name it and claim it and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, fantastic. But after I was I was helped <laughs> away from that. It, it yeah. instilled this reminder in me that it's okay that God made me the analytical type, the scientific type, to poke and prod and ask the hard questions and compare it to scripture. And I think that that's an important 
that's an important thing to drive back to scripture as the ultimate uh translation point so if it conflicts with anywhere in scripture then it's got to go and you know that's that's so true and what i have found um in my i have a bible ministry in uh federal prison near my home every week since 2008 i've gone out and done a bible study every every uh monday morning whatever it is and um it's interesting because we talk about straight bible stuff we go through the bible on various topics looking for you know the stories and what lesson and the lessons we can learn but i have people from lots of different faith traditions um and they don't always agree on they can look at one bible verse and it says different things to different people right. and so when you say and i know what you mean when you say well it has to be in accord with the bible but we don't even all agree on that right. and so i've come up with this great analogy that i share every time i start a new class there and anytime i'm talking to somebody about this that will listen is that because people say well why do we have so many different denominations I know I'm a Christian and this is the way I believe, so I must be right. And you disagree with me, so you must be wrong. And I don't know if you're really a true Christian or not. And we all are guilty of that. Yeah. What I've realized is sometimes it's a difference of perspective. And I love Paul's analogy of that we're all members of the body of Christ. Yeah. So think about if you took six iPhones and taped them to your body one on your head, one on your shoulders, one on your waist, one on your knees, one on your foot, and one on your back, pointing backwards, you turn the video function on and walk down the street. Your body would be going through the same event, but each of those six cameras would record the same event from a different perspective. And then you'd argue about, well, well that was that, you know, you come across a cat. Oh, that cat wasn't so big. Oh no, that cat was a monstrous. You know, if you're on the foot, the cat looks big. If you're on the shoulder, it doesn't look so big. Well, turn that into theological or biblical perspectives or how, what we, where we're coming to the Bible from, our own culture and our own preconceived beliefs or what we've been taught. And so we see the Bible differently. So I think our goal is to, okay, so I don't understand what you are seeing there because i don't see that in the bible what do you mean why does it say that to you and it's it's being willing to acknowledge that maybe somebody else sees something you don't or from a different perspective and i think one of the other problems is that sometimes somebody who may be in the right hand of the body of christ they look down at the left foot of the body of the christ and say man you don't look at all like me you must not be a real christian and they're trying to convert the left-footed christians into the right-footed the right-handed christians and paul says if the whole body is a hand where's the body we all need these varieties of things and i'm not talking about false doctrine or anything but even sometimes I think what we afraid are of as false doctrine is somebody looking at the Bible from a different perspective and we all have to kind of clear our our mental debris out so that we're not looking through a wall of glass bricks at the Bible. Right. You know, yep, I, I'm saying a whole lot there, but you know, there, there's people say, oh, the Bible says so and so. and but we are looking at it through our lenses and from our perspective and and we don't realize we're doing that so 
I love to talk to people about, well, what does this mean to you? And, you know, try to understand it from different perspectives and doesn't mean I'll agree with them. But to me, if somebody believes that Jesus is the son of God and was, you know, crucified and resurrected and, and ascended, I mean, that's about all. I'm, and he was the son of God, the Messiah. That's uh, theology after that is, is, you know, extra to me. <laughs> right, right. That's a really good point, and I don't think that that's something that's that's talked about nearly enough. That every single person has their own perspective, whether it's cultural um, heritage, life experiences, whatever, that attunes them to seeing things a certain way or hearing things a certain way. And like the old saying goes, perception is reality. Yeah and, yeah, and and so it's important to have those conversations because you may find, hey, there's there's through lines here to the way that I'm looking at it, to the way that you're looking at it. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to talk to people that you don't agree with. Yeah, um, because I have learned so much in in hearing different people's perspective. And I used to be many years ago, I was like, I was trying to prove I was right and everybody else was wrong. I think we've kind of all gone through that a little bit. And now I'm realizing that's not my job. Right. My job is to love God and to follow Jesus and, you know, do what Jesus told me to. And I think that we're all kind of like those five blind men in the room with the elephant. And we all touch a different part of the elephant and we think that's all the elephant is. Right. And we, you know, even St. Paul had the humility to say in 1 Corinthians we, 13, we see through a glass darkly. He didn't, he was basically saying, I don't understand everything right now, but I'm what I, what I have seen, I will share with you. Right. And that, and that, that that's St. Paul saying that. Right. Right. I think none of us can claim that we know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Although no. we think we do sometimes. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're, I think where I am right now is I just, even, I com even if I completely disagree with some major points of theology with someone, I want to celebrate their place in the body of Christ and rejoice with them and learn from them and say, well, good for you. Maybe you're reaching people I can't and I'm reaching people you can't. And don't get all bunged up on on all that um, theology stuff because we were talking earlier you know it's not your theology that gets you into heaven right it's 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 your faith it's it's your your trust in in god it's acknowledging that jesus is the son of god i mean it's god's grace i mean there's so many ways you can say that but uh it's you know who who of us completely understands we're all just trying to figure things out so give yeah. I, I try to give people a wide berth because even you know hopefully i'll be in a new place a year from now i'll i'll see things that i haven't seen before in the bible i may i may change my perspective you know may clear away some of the mud on the window i'm looking through uh, right. and so i want to give everybody else that that um leeway too you know that ties into our calling to live out grace and love first before <laughs> things like judgment and condemnation. Jesus talked about kingdom. And a lot of times ki the kingdom of God is referred to in, in reference to heaven. But 
that was present tense language. Oh, and, yes, yes. You're on right. it, man. Yeah, and so <laughs> that makes us kingdom citizens. We are all put where we're at. All part of this unified. It's not anything that we do. As a matter of fact, I would say that the Bible alludes to a celebration of the diversity of the kingdom. The different people yeah. that bring different gifts, that have different experiences, and all of those. Kind of, we're not called to all look and act and be the same. And that speaks to a necessity Amen. for there to be differences between us. And you know what? Like you said, it doesn't mean that just having a conversation with somebody does not mean that you have to adopt every single one of their beliefs. It does not mean that you are... Um, it doesn't mean anything other than the fact that you're having just a conversation with somebody. And if, if we... I think this world could really do for a little bit more conversation and a little less <laughs> you're you're damned because of x y or z behavior you know what i mean right i you're so true you're so right um i was talking to a friend yesterday today i kind of lost track he actually was having conversations with muslims because actually they believe in jesus as well they have a different perspective on who jesus was a little bit uh, a lot of christians have different different perspectives but he was having a dialogue. He was getting to know where they were coming from. And it was breaking down some barriers and they came to appreciate each other. And so I think we can do that among ourselves as well, all the different, uh, you know, groups. And, you know, I want to get back to this thing about the kingdom you're talking about. I've been um, for quite a while and just in the last month or so, it has become more crystally clear to me this whole idea of the kingdom. I've been thinking about the mindset of Jesus. What was Jesus's mindset? That word is so popular today in, in secular, you know, entrepreneurial stuff. You, you're a serial entrepreneur. You know all about that mindset, how important it is. Yep. Well, Paul says we have the mind of Christ. So I've been thinking, what does that mean? What was the mindset? How did he think? How did he process information how did he perceive things what was his uh what was his perspective and i have come to the conclusion at least for now that it was basically what he called the gospel message the good news was that the kingdom of heaven is at hand it's not way off in the future when you die it's here right now like you were saying it's in us it's within us that's a plural it's within all of us it's not within one of us or individually it's a collective thing right and i think what jesus's mindset was was that he was so aware that the kingdom of heaven was at hand was present that god was supreme on earth as in heaven like we pray in the lord's prayer right that's what he saw so when when there was a crippled man there and couldn't walk he i think this is the way I'm processing this now. I think he looked at that man and he thought, okay, I think his eyeballs told him just what our eyeballs would tell us. There's a man on a cot that, that can't walk. But I think his spiritual eyes said, wait a minute, in the kingdom of heaven, there's no such thing as lameness, blindness, yeah. leprosy, whatever it is, you know, sinners, death, even the death, people that were dead. He said, oh, they're not dead. They're just asleep. I think he saw that in the kingdom of heaven, this person was whole and complete. 
uh, completely spiritually free and, you know, all that stuff. And so it's like he got out his Windex, his spiritual Windex and wiped the mud off the picture. And all of a sudden, poof, there, I mean, to us, it looked like, oh, it's a miracle. It's healed to him. It wasn't a miracle. It was like perfectly natural. Yeah. And so my feeling is if the more we can adopt or um, experience or perceive things with that same mindset of Jesus, then we will be able to think and act and pray and heal like he did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think I think we've just barely started to scratch the surface because this idea that you talked about that the kingdom is is here now and we're citizens now in the kingdom it's not way out, it's not way off in the future after you die. That's a that's a newer thought that's been coming to the surface. So oh, I don't know in the last however many years, but it hasn't been there for a long time. And I think this I think the Holy Spirit is working in you know, and you and me and a lot of people to make us realize, oh yeah, this is what Jesus actually said. <laughs> Let's right. run with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we see all throughout the Bible that there's different literary styles at different points in the Bible. Um, you know, it's not all one specific, you know, literal, metaphorical, whatever. Um, when we, when we read about when Holy Spirit first came, that there's there's something tangible to that. There's something literal to when you're reading that, and so I think you are. I, I think you're completely on the money that um, this isn't just flowery language when the New Testament is talking about this indwelling of Holy Spirit. You know, I think yeah. throughout Old Testament and New Testament, it makes reference to God's desire for us to rule and reign. And for us to um, be seated in heavenly in heavenly places and things like that, and so when you when you take that when you when you start from that point, and then you look to stuff like Jesus saying, um, you know, give, uh, eyes to see and ears to hear. Well, that's talking about a different way of seeing things. That's talking about a different way of hearing things, exactly like what you're talking about. And right. unfortunately, in America. When you start talking about, well, I should say in present day America, when you, when you start talking about Holy Spirit this or communing with God that, people start looking at you like you're, like you're talking about the, Christian, the, the creepy Christian voodoo stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you go away, you're a crackpot. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I, I, gee, I, cannot, I cannot reconcile, you know, I, I've heard so many preachers talk about how um the 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 gifts are gone that that's just that's not like really downplaying the spiritual side of it and then to take that and to turn and say to hear christ say you will do greater things than these i can't reconcile that that's that no, that's no. a square peg and, in a round hole well that's because here's the question and i've done a, a podcast episode and a blog post about this you know, is it ever God's will that someone is not healed? Let's talk about Jesus's healings. Right. He, the only time the Bible says that he didn't heal someone was when he went to his hometown and they really didn't believe in him. They, they felt like, hey, we knew this kid when he was a teenager, you know, who does he think he is? Right. And they didn't, it would not, they were not receptive to at that point. Now, later on, they may have been, but at that particular point, 
Um, if he had done, he'd said he just did a few healings. I don't think it was that he was incapable. It was that it wouldn't have been wise to do that because then it would have, they, they just, they weren't spiritually ready for that. But every other situation, when someone asked him for healing, he would heal them or he would go to someone that hadn't even asked yet. And so the question that we have today is, well, why aren't more people healed? And because we prayed, we're sincere, we believe, but um, that happened to Jesus' disciples one time. They, they hadn't been able to heal the, the boy that was having epileptic uh, seizures. And Jesus took them aside later and they, and they said, well, how come we couldn't heal him? Because they've been healing a lot of other things. Right. And he said, this kind only goes out through by prayer and fasting. And, and I think what happened, I'm now I'm going to finally answer your question. Uh, I think what happens today is because we've prayed and maybe we, maybe there's something we don't see yet. Maybe we don't get it all yet. Maybe we don't understand everything we could. And, and we haven't fasted and prayed in the right way. I'm not being judgmental on anybody because I'm dealing with this myself all the time. But if there is something missing and, we're not, and we haven't seen it yet, uh, to, to sort of justify ourselves, we say, oh, well, it must have been God's will that, that I wasn't healed or that person wasn't healed. Or we, we, we have to somehow find that resolution within us that because we don't ha see more of those uh, mighty works, you know, that um, it must certainly not, it certainly must not be our fault. Well, maybe it's not our fault, but it's something that we haven't grown into yet. And so we make excuses and we come, I've heard preachers as you have come up with elaborate reasons why these healings aren't happening today or these miracles aren't happening today. And when you really listen to them, I think underneath it all is, it means that they just haven't discovered that that's possible yet for themselves. It doesn't mean it's not. It's like somebody, it's like me trying to take a calculus class. I'm right. saying, well, no way, that stuff is impossible. But my daughter, who's studying physics, she just eats calculus with a spoon. She loves it, and it all makes sense to her, and it's totally way over my head. Right. And so I think we need to we need to have enough humility to say, okay, I know this is possible. God hasn't changed. Jesus hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Um, what, you know, it's, it's really a, a spirit of humility that has us come to God in prayer and say, okay, what is something I need to learn here? What do I need to know more? How do I need to trust you more? And I don't know, we could talk all day just about that thing, but I think that these the reason there's incongruity there that you're seeing between what some preachers are saying and what Jesus said is because they haven't opened the calculus book and figured out how to do it yet. But yeah. uh, but a lot of people I have friends in a lot of different denominations as well as my church. I know a lot of healings. We've had some amazing healings in our home that are solely through prayer and God at work in our lives and it's nothing else. Um, you know, and there's still things we're working on, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. So I know this is possible. And I would say to anybody that's listening today that says, oh, well, God doesn't heal today or he doesn't do this or he doesn't do this like he used to. Well, that just means you haven't seen it, but open your heart to realizing 
with God, all things are possible. I think when Jesus said that, it says it several places in the Bible, you know, that hasn't changed. I've been going through the Old Testament. Well, specifically, I've been starting at Genesis and going through the entire Bible from cover to cover to get the full and complete story. Oh, a quick little overnight read, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So starting at Genesis, you see all throughout the Old Testament, and then once it switches over to the New Testament, all throughout Jesus's ministry on through post-Jesus, these miraculous things done where if you take this literally, like things like um, the parting of the Red Sea, things these these stories that um, are very easily boxed up into kid stories or uh, Sunday school stories, things like yeah, that. I- but but if you realize, hey, no, God God did this. This is a thing that happened that defied every single law of physics that that we know of and every single law of the universe. But but he still did it. Then then why why did it suddenly fall off? And you have to ask that question. And, and I have yet to find somebody who's been able to give. A satisfactory answer as to why that would even happen if if it's been there from the start and we've seen it happen over and over again and like you were saying as far as seeing healings in your i've been i've been witness to things that just you cannot they cannot be described with anything other than um a result of uh miraculous healing um that's awesome let, yeah. let, let, let Joseph, let's just take a moment right now and appreciate the fact that you and I both have seen that in our lives or yeah. with our friends, whoever. This is going on in the greater Christian church more than I think any of us really realize. Yeah. And it may be coming from the ground up. I don't know. But that's why I say the Holy Spirit is working through all of us sort of bubbling these things up to the surface because um and and some preachers get it and some don't i'm that that doesn't bother me anymore you feel like oh everybody should figure this out and to answer your question i'll take a stab at it i don't know that i'll be any more satisfactory than anybody else has but as far as why do these things kind of ebb and flow throughout the bible itself and even today you look at all those things in the Bible, those those amazing events. And there were healings, physical healings, raising of the dead in the Old yeah. Testament as well, Elijah and Elisha and, and, and those things. Um, it usually had to do with one, at least one person who was faithful to God. It didn't necessarily have to be everyone that helped. I mean, but there were times when the most of the children of Israel were going after other gods and worshiping the idols. And so they were, God allowed them to be uh, captured by the Babylonians. And that was a time of repentance. It was a time of humbling and a time of purification. And I I read the first time I read through the whole Bible, like you were talking about, I realized, man, it was up and down, up and down. What, the king was good, they were all good. The king was bad, they were all bad. Up and down, just like, what's going on here? And then I realized, oh, 
I do this in my own life all the time, you know, from one day to the next or one week to the next, right. one season to the next. I'm either more faithful or I'm going off on some tangent or whatever. Right. And so I'm, I'm realizing that's when Jesus said to a lot of people, not to everyone, it's your faith that made you whole. It's your faith that healed you. Well, yeah. that was one component of it, but I think it was also Jesus bearing witness to the truth like we talked about earlier i think he could see beyond the material picture he said don't judge uh after the the appearance of things i don't remember where that is and where he says that but you know he wanted us to see beyond the material surface of things and i think anytime a, a person and it's it's more effective if a group of people a church a country, a town, whoever, a family can get this more spiritual perception that the kingdom of heaven is at hand with a kingdom. You've got to have a king and that's God. When God is super, when you really understand that God actually is supreme, regardless yeah. of what it looks like in the world today, that's just the world's picture from the perspective of heaven. He's in complete control. And if we're living there, then we have that same authority to some degree. And uh, I think that to me is why it seems to ebb and flow. Even in my own life, I've found that sometimes when I am more in tune with God, more interesting things like that happen. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. that's, the, that's the way I deal with that because otherwise, I'm looking for something outside and I think it's really, I have to look at myself yeah. and uh, you know, what, what, where do I need to stretch out my tent stakes a little bit in my faith? It's, it's so easy to read these, these accounts of early day Israel and being like, okay, you know, they're great, fantastic. And then they just take a left turn and like, oh, come on guys. Yeah, you I hear what you're saying. It's an innately human problem. It doesn't matter if it was in biblical times today, if there's different, um, I'll, I'll call them vices, traps for people to fault, like outlets for sin, we'll call them, you know, different ways that it, that it materializes. It's still a, an innately human problem. I, yeah, uh, I, just, I just thought while you were talking, Joseph, you remember the story of Gideon? He's yeah. out there threshing wheat and he's trying to hide it from the Midianites because they've been, you know, raiding them, stealing all their stuff. And so the angel appears and he says, well, if God is with us, how come all these things are happening? What happened? What about all those wonderful stories that they told us from the past? Even he felt that, I mean, we think of Gideon way a long time ago, but in his day, he was still feeling the same way. Well, our fathers told us about all this stuff about the it being delivered from the Egyptians. Well, where where's that now? What about right. us? Right. And if you read the chapter or two before that, it says that they were the children of Israel were not being faithful to God. Oops, right. surprise. Yeah. Uh, and you start to see this pattern. And so, but here was one person, Gideon, who was faithful, was earnest. And when that angel ta starts talking to him, the way he asks those questions shows to me that these things were already in his mind. I think right. that's why God chose him because he was already asking those. You talk about asking hard questions 
and why that's important. I think Gideon was already doing that in his mind. And when the angel appeared, they just bubbled out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's why God chose him. Well, it again, I think it's I think it's easy sometimes to draw this huge differentiation between God and Jesus. Like the the this this figure of God and the person of Jesus. And Jesus himself said, "Keep your mind on things above." That doesn't necessarily just mean all all facts or all knowledge. That can be asking questions, but in in a poking and prodding and best and that's the that's the beautiful thing about all of this is is all of that is welcome because the bible i've i've tried before i before i was a christian i was an atheist and i needed some kind of some kind of proof and the bible is the only one that that you can poke and you can prod and you can fight and it will fight back and it will prove itself <laughs> and it 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 you cannot trust me i've tried to because if you could pull one thread then the whole rug starts to come starts to come apart if you can pull pull one thread, but I never could find that thread. So I'm you a know, Christian. good good for you. You know, to me, it's that saying: the proof is in the pudding, because yeah. there are a lot of ancient texts and different writings of different belief systems and everything, and today as well. But if you take, I would say, the Sermon on the Mount and do those things that Jesus said to do. Right. <clears throat> and some of them sound easy on the surface, but when he gets to love your enemies and pray for them that curse you and abuse you, I've done that and it's not always easy, but boy, it sure is rewarding. You see the results, you, <clears throat> you feel the difference in your life. And so to me, it's like, okay, there's some great stories there. And even if you don't believe in God, there's some great stories there. But if you start taking the principles and the precepts and start putting them into practice, you, I think that's that to me has what's not just helped me be a Christian, but continue to be a Christian. Because I see right. that this is stuff, it's life transforming, you know? Yes. I think that's, that's where it's at, it's like, okay, if Jesus is the Son of God, you say, prove it. Well, okay. Jesus would say, well, don't take my word for it. See see all these things I've said, said. Go try all this stuff and see what. Then you tell them, come back and talk to me. And we'll, you know. Right. It's like, check this out for yourself. He doesn't want us to believe on him blindly. I don't think Jesus wanted us to believe on him just because somebody else told us we had to. Yeah, he I can't stand us... the, the, the term blind faith. Oh, uh, no, not... it's no, it's terrible. Because, um, and too many people do. I mean, I would ask all your listeners, why do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Right. Because some preacher told you you had to or you'd go to hell? Or have you had an experience with Christ through the things he says and the things he tells us to do? Uh, I think it's very telling um, in Matthew 16 where Jesus takes his disciples apart and he says to them, who do men say that I am? And they say, well, some people think you're the John the Baptist, which would have been kind of hard because he and John the Baptist sort of co-inhabited the earth at the same time for a while. I, I never got that one. Or they think he's one of the prophets and Jeremiah or somebody. And he says, well, well who do you think I am? And Peter says that famous thing, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's crucial, but I think Jesus' answer is 
as crucial, if not more. He said, no, he said, flesh and blood, no person, no human doctrine, no theology, no manipulation of your thinking by a person revealed this to you. It was my Father in heaven that revealed to you who I am. And I think the only way we really can believe in Jesus, where it's honest, actual faith in Jesus, is when God reveals to us in our hearts that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, it can't be because some preacher whipped you up in emotional frenzy and had you come down to the altar call. Uh, and that may be the beginning, that may be the first step for some people, but if you're just being, if you're letting your emotions and your feelings being manipulated by someone who's a, a powerful preacher or a, a writer or whatever, podcaster, right? not to, get, to say anything against podcasting, but, <laughs> you know, it has to be something internal that, that you feel God is revealing to you. And I feel really strongly about that. And I don't know how, what, something you said made me just want to bring this out is that we need to believe, oh, it's the blind faith thing. We need to believe in Christ because of an experience. It's a revelation from God. And, um, and I think when we have that kind of genuine faith, it really leapfrogs us over a lot of this other stuff we've been talking about, the, right. all the judgmentalness and am I right and you're wrong and all that stuff, you know, we don't, right. Jesus wasn't that way. Right. Uh, he, he jumped on the Pharisees a little bit or a lot, but it was their hypocrisy. You right. know, I, I was left with this question. All right. Now, what now? OK, so I came to Christ. I was very sick. I had survived it the whole nine yards. OK, so now there's this and now I've got this faith and now I've got this relationship. What now? You had mentioned Matthew five through seven. The best way that I've heard that referred to is the kingdom manifesto. I uh, love it. Uh, if you want a, a succinct guideline to how the kingdom works, read Matthew five through seven. And that was where that was where it started. And that grew into this realization, this revelation that part of this walk, yes, you start at the moment of, you know, salvation. If you, you know, having that coming to Jesus moment is the start of the story. And I think sometimes we get lost in that being a singular event that that you know you were you were saved when you when you did this prayer and blah 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 but that's just part of the story that could have happened like you were saying at you know some conference or some uh at a at a church service where this powerful pastor whipped you up into a frenzy and you end up at, you ended up on your knees in an altar great if that's it if that's how it started fine but there's a whole walk from there there's a relationship that's a re that's a result from that and i think it's important for us to migrate towards intimacy with God and growing in oh. that relationship and having that, not just, you know, I've got my Bible here and from 6.30 to 7.30 every morning while I'm looking at the thing, at the sunrise, if that's how you connect to God, great. But don't make it, don't make it a, a, a routine so it becomes a, a, a check mark on a box sort of thing. Oh. I think. There Amen. needs to be this interactive relationship that we have with God because that's exactly what he called us into. And as we do that, that revelation like you're talking about, getting to know the very character of the God that you serve, that's a beautiful thing. And that's exactly the kind of relationship that we're called into. 
I think you're so right. I love the word you used, intimacy. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus called God Abba. It's like saying daddy. Yeah. It was a sweet, tender relationship he had with his father. And we need that kind of relationship with the father as well. I don't think I call God daddy in my prayers, but I do. I do think of him. I think of God also as my mother, spiritual mother. And the Bible verses, especially in the Old Testament, talk about they have this mother image of God as well. Uh, you know, it's this tender, tender relationship. And um, I, I practice, I don't always do it, but I have a journal where I write down conversations I have with God. I will ask him questions or I'll say, what do you want me to do? And sometimes he'll, he'll say things to me that I never would have thought of, you know, and, but I think it's important for us to have those conversations. And because then, well, this happened many years ago. I'll just give you a quick, simple little example. I was um, with my young daughter and we had gone to swim classes and we went to Costco and we came back and the car was locked. I didn't have the keys. They weren't locked in the car. They weren't anywhere. We retraced our path. They weren't in lost and found. My wife, this is way before the era of cell phones. And my wife had the other set of keys and she was in New York City and I was in Connecticut. And even if I called a locksmith, the keys weren't in the car. If I called a taxi to go home, I couldn't get in the house. So I was really starting to panic. And so right there in the parking lot, I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What should I do now? What do I do now? And I heard, not out loud, but in my mind, that still small voice say, go down to the end of your car, turn right, walk three cars and turn right. And I did that and there were my keys on the pavement in the parking lot. That's beautiful. That is. And, and you know, that's a, if, if that if that can happen in a little thing, why can't it happen when you're trying to make a big business decision or, you know, whether to sell your house or buy a new house or, or who to marry or who, you know, whatever it is. God is there. He, he wants the best for us. He loves us more than we can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And we, that's someone you want a relationship with. You kept using that word relationship. Uh, we, we, all, we do have that relationship. Jesus said um, before the crucifixion, the night before the crucifixion, he was praying that we, were all, we would all be one with him and the Father all together. There's this union of, of love. Mm -hmm. Why do we run away from that? God, that's the most exciting thing. We, we say we want unconditional love. I think we're afraid of it sometimes because right, we don't think yeah. we, we don't think we're worthy. You, it's not about being worthy or not. God loves you regardless. Even if you're the worst sinner around, he still loves you. Um, you don't earn his love. You don't need to earn it. You, des you do deserve it because, I mean, my kids growing up, they deserve my love. I'm their parent. That's part of their rights as my child is for, should be for me to love them. And I think... We've gotten into this, uh, some Christians have this sense of, well, you're the sinner and you have to do all these things for God to even look at you again. And, and that's oversimplifying it. But God loves us even when we're in the, we're in the midst of messing our lives up. Right. He loves us so much. Well, that's um, one thing that I think needs to, um, I can't help but see the the religious icing on the cake for a lot of for a lot of christians falling back on religion versus 
And, and I, I, it just, religion in and of itself bothers me. It's why people, I usually get a record skip from people when I'm like, I'm, I'm not a fan of religion. But I don't mean it in some weird, I'm one with the universe spiritual kind of thing. But like, there has to be a shift towards understanding. Um, there's, a, there's a book that um, Brother Lawrence wrote where he talks about this this prayer relationship that he has with God, where it's like, okay, he's sitting there, he's you know, he's he's just operating in everyday life and having running dialogue with God, and he would get distracted and whatever, and God would call him back, you know, hey, come back and let's talk, and it wasn't like this, oh, so I'm so sorry for, no, it was just picking up where they left off, and you had spoke to God being present in that moment, in that situation with you. I think the mistake that we make sometimes is thinking that God doesn't talk. God talks, we just don't listen. <laughs> or we have so much static. Um, yeah. I heard a speaker one time give the best analogy. Um, we were in this room and he says, do you all hear the music? And there's no music playing when nobody can hear any music. And he says, then he has a little transistor radio and he turns it on and he tunes it to a station. He says, well, all these music waves are in this room right now. You just didn't, you weren't able to tune into it and, and, and hear them. And he said, God is that same way. God's love is that same way. It's always present, but you have to tune into it and you have to be aware that it's there and, and tune into it. And sometimes you have to fine tune it to the right station, you know, because if yeah. you're in between, you get all that static. And sometimes the static in our lives, we're worried, we're so caught up and stuff that's not important. You can't hear God. Well, I'm not saying that God can't cut through all that because I know sometimes he has for me. Right. But it's harder to hear God's voice when all those, when you're trying to figure things out for yourself. The times that I hear God's voice most clearly is when I realize there's nothing else I can do like that situation in the parking lot. I had tried everything that James Early could do and that didn't work. <laughs> Right. And so finally, when I said, and I knew that I was, I didn't have any more rope to hold on to. I said, God, what do I do? When I really asked him, that's when I heard his voice. He may have been yes. telling me the whole time, go look in the, you know, but I didn't, I didn't hear that until I was humble enough, you know? <laughs> right, right. That's a really good, uh, that's a really good illustration with the radio receiver. So um, I like to ask guess if of closing words of wisdom i think that two things first this is kind of summarizing some of the things we talked about joseph first i would say be open-minded and generous in the way you perceive christians that you disagree with theologically and try to understand things from their perspective and where how they see themselves in the body of christ um, and and be and and be okay with that, um, and and learn from them. Maybe you might learn something that you've never had thought of before. Doesn't mean you, like we said, doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything, but you might broaden your perspective a little bit. And the other thing is, I would love to encourage your listeners to um, think more from the kingdom of heaven perspective. We know from Revelation 21 what the kingdom of what is not in the kingdom of heaven: pain, sorrow, tears, death, no more sin, nothing that defiles or makes a lie. All, all discord, all you know, 
human ego is set aside. Only God is in complete control. What if we could look at ourselves, our fellow church members, our fellow non-church members? What if we could look at everything we do through that lens that the, this kingdom of heaven is at hand, is within us, is within our capabilities of grasping and experiencing? What if we looked at everything through that lens? Uh, anyway, that's what I invite I invite you to do. And um, I'll just say this quickly, um, have a podcast, as you said, and if anybody would like to subscribe to it, it's called The Bible Speaks to You. Um, if when you sign up, go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash mindset. I have a special prayer guide called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. And I think uh, it was well, a bunch, it was about three pages of Bible verses and some, some thoughts there just to help us kind of transition into thinking at, of things from Jesus's perspective. Great. That sounds like a like fantastic resource. All right. Let people know where they can find you. Okay. Um, well, first and foremost, the Bible speaks to you.com, which I just mentioned. I'm also on Instagram at the Bible speaks to you. Those are the two main places I hang out. And I would love to continue this conversation with any of your listeners that would like to just go to the website, click the contact tab and, and I'd love to hear from you. I'll be in touch. Um, I'd learn to learn. I'd love to hear your thoughts and learn from you too. Um, and um, again, I invite you to check out my my podcast. The the purpose, as I said, is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus and experience God's healing power in your life, and get a taste of what it means that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Great. Well, thanks again, James, for coming on. Hey, thank you, Joseph. It's been wonderful chatting with you, getting to know you. What a conversation that was. We went a little bit of everywhere. The link for The Bible Speaks to You will be down in the episode description. You guys need to go check it out. Remember, you can find us on all major podcasting platforms, and it would be a huge help to spread the word about what we've got going on here. And if you would, leave us a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. Every review helps. Until next time, be blessed. We'll catch you down the road.